0: Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different grape varieties, the different styles of wine, and the history and culture of wine. In this episode, we take a look at two other Italian regions following on from Prosecco and Asti in the previous episode. And here we're going to look at Franciacorta and Lambrusco, two very different regions for the production of sparkling wine. And we'll start by looking at Franciacorta, which is in northern Italy, uh, just north of Milan. And this is a region that's been in existence existence since the 1200s, but uh, the production of quality sparkling wine only began in the 1960s, and it was actually in 1961, when um, the first sparkling wine was produced by Gido Berlucchi. And um, that became quite trendy, and other producers followed. It's still a small region, um, about a million cases a year. And when you think that in Champagne, Moet de Chandon make well over two million cases a year alone, gives you an idea of how small Francia Quarter is. But it has grown a lot in the last... 20 to 30 years, and now there's over 100 producers making wine from 3,000 hectares of land. And French Yequotta has been very successful because it's had a unified approach. All the producers agree on the great varieties to use, the style of wine that they're making, and so French Yequotta can present a very um, consistent brand to the world. And that brand is quality, sparkling wine made using the traditional method and seen as a competitor to Champagne in terms of quality and in terms of price. It is the only traditional method DOCG in Italy and it- it's a DOCG, but it doesn't actually need to put that on the label. French Recorder can stand on its own because it's so different from everything else. And it's a little bit different from Champagne in several ways. It has to have 18 months on the lease for a non vintage, compare that to 12 months with um, non vintage Champagne, and it has to be 25 months before release, so over two years, compared to the 15 months for a non vintage Champagne. So there's that difference, and this means that French Recorder is always going to be quite yeasty with, de- with definite pronounced Lee's aromas Um, and again very different from Cremont or Cava which have much shorter Lee's aging. The weather is also different from Champagne. It's warm, warmer and it's continental and we have warm summers and cool winters here. And so it does get hotter during the summer, which means the grapes are a little bit riper, the conditions certainly aren't as extreme as Champagne, and the acidity isn't as high. And that's a differentiation between French Corte and Champagne if you're doing a blind tasting. Acidity and the fruit profile. I think it means it's not quite as high quality as uh, Champagne, but still quality is high. It just doesn't quite get the same heights as Champagne. Franciacorta is on the south side of Lake Iséo. And this lake was formed by a glacial movement millions of years ago. And then there's an amphitheatre of hills that protect the region from southern winds. So you have the lake, and then you have the hills rising up from the lake, and this is where the vines are planted. There's lots of different soils in Frenchicorta. They've counted 64, mainly sand, sandstone, gravel, limestone, all well-draining soils. And these grapes are planted on slopes of 100 to 500 metres, so the grapes actually ripen any higher than 550 metres. High-density planting. Different training systems for the vines. The old vines are pergolas, so the ones that were planted in the 60s and before, whereas the newer vines are either guillot or cordon. Irrigation is allowed, but only in extreme conditions when it's absolutely necessary. Hand harvesting is mandatory. And then the minimum potential alcohol when the grapes are picked is 9.5%. And the yields maximum yields are 10 tonnes per hectare. The grapes in French Dakota are Pinot Noir or Pinot Nero and Chardonnay with some Pinot Bianco. It's about 5% of plantings for Pinot Bianco, and in the beginnings in the 60s and 70s Pinot Bianco was seen as an interesting alternative to the main Champagne grapes, but it's really been phased out because it doesn't produce wines which age particularly well, so it can be up to 50% of the blend, but it's, it is quite rare to see Pinot Bianco in that blend. So mainly you get Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. Different styles of French. Uh, Rosé. Uh, up to 25% Pinot Nero, short extraction to get the colour, and this will have 24 months Lees aging, so two years on its Lees. So again, this wine will be noticeably Leesy and yeasty. A style that is unique to Franciacorta is Satin, T E N, which means smooth, and that refers to the style of the wine. It's a blanc de blanc, so it's likely to be 100% Chardonnay, maybe with some Pinot Bianco in it, but the bubbles are um, fewer, uh, the pressure is less than 5 atmosphere. So champagne, or regular Frenchie Quarter, is usually six. Spends 24 months on its lees, so two years. And the style has to be extra brute. So it's a dry style of um, sparkling wine, which is soft, smooth, and delicate, with those bubbles just making the mouth feel a little less uh, fizzy. Then we have vintage Frenchia Quarter, Milo And this has to be 85% of the grapes from that one vintage. So you can use a little bit of other vintages, but... But the main part is vintage, thirty months on the lease here, so two and a half years with an extra seven months in the bottle before release. so the vintage has to be at least three years old before release, and this can be made in the extra brut or the bruto naturale style with no dosage. And these are very complex wines with noticeable lees aromas again. And then there's Reserva, which spends five years on its lees. So this is going to be really complex and very yeasty, with another seven months in the bottle before release. And this can also be satin or Rosé. With the French Accord in general, these different styles, dosage is not needed as much as champagne because the acidity is not as high. So you don't need the sugar to balance the high acidity. So it won't be quite as sweet. So the the extra brute style is quite common. Some noticeable producers to look out for, I mentioned Gido Bellucci, the first, and they produce 25% of all Frenchia Then there's Bella Vista, who invented the Satern style, and they've got 200 hectares planted, quite an elegant style of French And then there's Cadel Bosco, another large producer that is quite common to find outside of Italy, and there Anna Maria Clementi is considered Italy's finest sparkling wine. So that's Francia Moving slightly to uh, south-east, to Emilia-Romagna, the gastronomic capital of uh, Italy. And the the style of wine here is Lambrusco. And Lambrusco is actually the name of the grape variety, but it's complicated, this being Italy. There are up to 60 variants of the Lambrusco grape variety, and 10 clones are considered particularly important. The um, style of Lambrusco is a frothy red wine, so it's not going to be massively sparkling, but there certainly not to be bubbles with a, a foamy head. And the reputation of Lambrusco was lowered by sweet, cola-like wines in the 70s and 80s, and that's what people think of when they think of Lambrusco, which is unfortunate. One big brand which hurt the reputation of Lambrusco is Lambrini, which isn't even Lambrusco. So there is a lot of high-quality wine made in Lambrusco, as well as some pretty basic stuff. And it all depends on which grape varieties are used. i will just focus on the three most important variants of Lambrusco. So first of all, Lambrusco di Sorbara, and this is a great variety which has difficulty pollinating, and so it has to be planted alongside other clones in order to ripen, to actually uh, produce. And these are, these are planted on sandy soils, and it results in wines with deep colour, high acidity, quite fragrant, and quite light as well. And this could be an issue. If the wines aren't fruity enough, all you get is a very light, uh, dilute wine. So you need that fruit to really give the wine body. Fewer tannins in uh, Subarda as well, and so it's, and it's made in a dried, off-dry way, that style. Lambrusco di Salamino is the most widely planted, and it's called Salamino because it looks like salami. Four thousand hectares of this grape variety planted, and it withstands humidity, which is which can be important uh, because we're, um, the region is near a river. Salamino produces wines with a fuller body, and can have high alcohol as well, relatively. Deep colour, aromatic and high acidity, and this is quite fruity. And sometimes this will have um, a bit more sweetness than other styles of Lambrusco. Um, Off-dry all the way to sweet to offset the uh, tannins, because it's more of a tannic uh, clone of Lambrusco compared to Sobara. And then there's Grasparassa, which is considered the highest quality by most. And this will get ripe even in the cool temperatures. And it can be planted on the hillsides, and this is really the only great the only clone of lambrusco which is planted on the hillsides. All the others are planted on the flat plains. And this will have higher alcohol, full body, tannins, high acidity. It's quite creamy and fruity aromas of black cherry and plum. It's quite complex and structured. And the grass grass clone can be planted in two different parts of the hillsides. Higher up, the sandy clay marl and clay chalk soils, which have little drainage. And these produce the most intense and concentrated styles of lambrusco. On the lower slopes, the soils are sandy loam and gravel, and there's more drainage. And these wines are graceful and lighter bodied. So two different styles according to where they are planted. And then there are several different DOCs within Lambrusco, mainly all to do with the grape variety. The Lambrusco Lambrusco di Modena DOC, which is quite basic, has to be 85% Lambrusco varieties, and others can be added to it to the blend, and yields are 23 tons per hectare, that's the maximum allowed. And these wines are fruity with low tannins, usually quite simple. Lambrusco di Sobara DOC is a minimum 60% Sobara with 40% Salomino allowed. Yields here are stricter, 18 tons per hectare, and this, this wine's going to be dry, off-dry, fruity fragrant with soft tannins. Lambrusco di Salomino di Santa Croce DOC has to be 90% Salomino. And these wines are deep in colour, and body, tannins, acidity, and usually some sugar. As, as I mentioned, um, the Salamino style has sugar to offset the tannins. And these are grown in sandy clay soils, with yields of 19 tonnes per hectare permitted. And then finally, there's Lambrusco Grasparossa di Castelvetto, DOC. And this has to be 85% Grasparossa, And this, as I mentioned, with the grape varieties, is considered the highest quality style of Lambrusco on the foothills and those different styles according to where the grapes are planted. 18 tonnes per hectare allowed here, deep colour, firm tannins, acidity and a full body relatively for Lambrusco. The climate in this region is uh, continental and quite warm, Hot, very hot summers and cold winters. The river that runs through the region is the Po and this moderates the hot temperatures during the summer and also provides some humidity and that's why the Salomino is the most widely planted grape because it withstands that humidity. On the valley flora alluvial soils, and these produce the lighter wines, which are fruity and aromatic, and then those hillside sites, more structure and more colour. The wines are made um, using tank fermentation, so 95% of all Lombrusco is tank fermentation. Some will be um, fermented in the bottle using the traditional method, and those are going to be really high quality and quite individual. The first fermentation is at cool temperatures, taking about four to seven days in order to retain the fruit and the tannin. And so Lambrusco is all about that fruity quality and the color as well, as well as that tannic structure, which of course is quite unusual for a sparkling wine. For the sweeter styles, uh, RCGM may be added. So that's the uh, rectified concentrated grape muster, basically adding um, grape juice to the wine to make it sweet. That will be for the certainly simpler sweet styles. It can be made in the Spumante or Frizzante versions. So spum- Spumante is the fully sparkling, Frizzante the lightly sparkling. It can be Rosso, it can also be Rosato, and it can be made in all levels of sweetness from secco to dolce, so from dry to sweet. So there's a huge v- range in Lambrusco in terms of quality, in terms of style as well. When I was visiting there, I went into a bar and had Lambrusco and it was a real pale red color, very delicate, and then the next place, it was it looked like a red wine and is quite tannic, so it really does vary a lot. Lots of production as well, which accounts for this variation. 165 million bottles a year, which is about 14 million cases. Most of that is in the IGP, just 40 million are in under those DOCs which I've been talking about, so it's only about 20% of Lambrusco is actually DOC quality. And as elsewhere in Italy, lots of growers within the region with very small plantings and they sell their grapes to the co-ops. And the biggest co-op here is Cantina Riunite. It's so a very historic style, reputation has gone up and down with time. The best Lambrusco really is a fascinating style of drink, which is great with food. I mentioned that Emilia-Romagna is the gastronomic capital of Italy. Amazing food and Lambrusco goes with all these dried meats that come from the region. So that's French and Lambrusco. Thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.